0: Welcome to Not-So-Molly Mormon Podcast mini-sodes. Today's letter comes from Susie in Manchester, England. Hi Susie, thank you so much for your letter and for your patience with me for getting it read out. I'm so excited to get into it. So here we go. I had to write to you ladies to tell you about my Mormon story. My mom and dad found the church when I was about three. I was raised in the church and then got baptized when I was eight and so on, normal quote-unquote Mormon upbringing. My dad was very much more Molly Mormon than my mom always was, or <laughs> Peter Priested. <laughs> when I was younger, there was a man in the ward who was a pervert. Ugh. All the ladies and girls knew it. I refused to wear a skirt to church for months because I was sick of him staring at my legs. Ew, that's so gross. And also this just brought up memories. Like, just the idea, I'm just trying to imagine not wearing a skirt or dress to a Mormon church now. And I know that would cause a scene. And how how weird is that, right? That everyone's so concerned about what others are wearing. I remember once, after I had left the church... I went to a funeral that was for one of my friend's parents and it was held at the Mormon church and I wore a pantsuit, like a nice dress pantsuit, but I remember it was like scandalous my friends said things to me and I thought I looked very like respectful. Anyway, that's a tangent, but I wouldn't have worn a skirt to this day this ward either? If there's an old creepy guy looking at your legs, ew. Okay. She continues. I told the bishop and he didn't do anything about it. He said that he blessed and passed the sacrament. I suppose the fact that he was a priesthood holder made a huge difference in his treatment and I hated him. Oh, how often do we have to see this? Like you go to your bishop or maybe the bishop's the offender, right? The creepy one that's ogling you or doing inappropriate things. And we've heard it time and time again that since they hold the priesthood and they bless and pass the sacrament or they're a return missionary or whatever, they get a pass. And that's just a recipe for abuse. Oh, I'm so sorry. When I was 10, I met Tom. He was also a church member, but from a different ward in the stake. We became best friends, and then we became boyfriend and girlfriend when I was 15. (laughs) But 16, if anyone at church asked. (laughs) So she wrote that in parentheses. So if you've never been Mormon, this is something I think we've mentioned, but we haven't really gone into detail about that dating in the Mormon church is so taboo it's like very it's like forbidden essentially until you turn 18 or sorry until you turn 16 and then you can like go to school dances or go on dates but even then you're technically supposed to be going on group dates until you're 18 and then when you're 18 you're dating to get married so yeah okay back to the letter we properly fell in love Aww. Tom is two years older than me, so when he was approaching 19, the whole thing of the mission started. His mom and dad and everyone was putting pressure on him to go. On my 17th birthday, we got engaged. I was having a huge internal battle about Tom going on his mission. I love this man, and I didn't want him to leave me for two years, but I had obviously grown up knowing you need to go on a mission and get married and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, right? It's, um very much like they, um, in the church, they'll say you have the choice to go on a mission, but it's not really that much of a choice uh, for young men because if they don't go, it's really, really frowned upon. It's almost like, what's wrong with you if you haven't gone? And they are judged very harshly and they, you know, are basically told they won't get all these blessings. Otherwise, so most uh, men, young men, I knew countless. I mean, I, I can just think of so, so many off the top of my head that I know didn't want to go. They Maybe they believed in the church, but they just didn't wanna do this really scary thing, leave for two years and be away from family and friends and in a foreign place and, uh, but they go anyway, uh, because it's what's expected of them. Okay. Anyway, he ended up going much to my upset. He did not want to go, but didn't want to let anyone down. Yep. Mormon guilt. Subsequently, he ended up running away in the middle of the night to come home. Oh, (laughs) she writes the book of Mormon musical, spooky Mormon hell dream makes me laugh so much. Yeah, that's a good one. You guys need to if you haven't seen Boca Mormon musical, oh, it's incredible. He was called a disgrace by the stake president whom I have recently heard has been excommunicated due to having a secret family behind his lovely wife's back, the shit little shit bag. Oh my God. Anyway, we got over that and he got released from his mission and we continued with the church. So this is something that I think we could cover further. In another episode is that there's also the shame and disgrace of coming home from a mission early and i think you hear it a lot in in the church they say like don't judge those who come home early but like everyone does and it's such a thing that happens that these men have to go through. It's like, do I stay out here on this mission where I'm absolutely miserable and depressed and who else knows what else is going on? Or do I go home where I'm publicly shamed and possibly worse for this? It's just a terrible situation altogether. We got married in 2005, the year he left his mission. Everyone was asking if I was pregnant due to being so young, getting married, 18. That was fun trying to explain why I'm getting married so young. That's kind of funny to me. Maybe it's because, I don't know if you were living in England at this time, um, if you've always lived there, but to me, and it, from growing up in Utah County, Utah, it was like very normal. Um, extremely normal for especially girls that I guess, you know, you're technically a woman when you turn 18 to get married to a return missionary. That's like 22. That's very, very common. So I think that's maybe like a cultural difference there. Um, I wanted children right away, but Tom wanted to wait for a bit and have time just for us. Wise move. (laughs) Yes. Good job, Tom. We lived with my parents while we saved a deposit for the house. We moved into our first house in 2006. We were all happy in church. We had callings. Tom was a teacher in Young Men's, and I was a nursery leader. We were very happy in our lives until my dad decided to cheat on my mom with my mom's best friend, who also was in the church and was like a second mom to me growing up. Oh, we were devastated. Yeah, no, oh, yeah. My mom didn't handle it very well at all she tried to kill herself the relief society sisters were pretending to be all nice to me and my sister but they were just wanting to get involved so they could gossip about our family i hated them and will never forgive them for the way they behaved at this time me and tom looked after my mom we were in the same ward as my mom and dad the ward loves a good gossip and my dad was the hot topic He was elders quorum president at the time and obviously got released. The perverted chap I mentioned above stood up and said, I think we have the right to know what he has done to get released in front of everyone. Oh my word. My husband stood up and told him to sit down. That guy was the biggest jerk I've ever met in my life. And my dad did not speak to me for a full year. My quote-unquote amazing, church-loving, family-is-forever dad did what I thought was hugely frowned upon in the church. He got excommunicated, too. What an absolute idiot. Yikes, what a mess that all is. Oh my word. Not long after this, we decided to start a family. My first pregnancy was ectopic, and I almost died in the operating theater. Oh my God. I'm so sorry. Also, I think operating theater is like operating room for us here in the States, but wow. Awful. I'm so sorry. I asked if I could be released from my calling. The bishop said no. He said it. He felt it would be best for me to stay in nursery. Ah, I just went along with it as you do. And I stayed in nursery after the traumatic loss of our first child. The looks and judgment of people in the ward were were almost unbearable. Oh my God. I can't believe this Bishop wouldn't honor your request to be released. And especially after, yeah, after losing a child, like expecting you to be around all these little kids. Oh my God. We then got pregnant a second time and I had a miscarriage. This was probably the most difficult time in my life. I was raised to get married and have children, and the children part wasn't happening for me. I feared for my eternal future. What the heck? This time I couldn't return to look after other other people's kids, and the bishop didn't agree with me. My and the bishop didn't argue with me me and my husband decided to move wards to where his family were. Okay, good. I'm glad you at least changed wards, but holy moly, like that bishop just sounds. Mm. And sorry about all that loss you went through too. I, I can't even imagine. It went okay for a time until we had our daughter. I had that fear brewing in me that all i have been through and the pressure and torment that she may go through as well i couldn't bear it i shared my concerns with tom and he said it will be fine we'll raise her knowing like letting her know how special she is and not put any pressure on her to conform but she was being taught everything i was brought up being taught and i honestly couldn't cope with that thought two years later i had my son this put the nail in the mormon coffin for me I didn't want my children growing up with the messed up views on reality and life that I am still struggling to come to terms with. Me and Tom are still married and I love him more than ever. Oh, my kids are doing so well. We still raise them well in terms of teaching them everything in moderation. I have the weekend glass of wine in front of them and I don't, I even don't shout when they say God and they can say crap. <laughs> That's amazing it's I think this is really touching to see like the turning point for you was realizing that you didn't want your children to face the same things that you had to face and to deal with those teachings and those viewpoints and like you said that that alternate reality essentially and how oppressive it was for you and I think it's really Incredible and amazing parenting that you could recognize that and make that step to make their lives better. My mom is doing well, not in church. Yay! My dad has recently got re baptized and got his priesthood back. What a joke! I don't talk to him. I recently cut him off altogether. Isn't that interesting that, like, in in the eyes of the church too, it would seem like your mom is the one that's, uh, you know, gone astray in this situation, but your dad, since he came back and got rebaptized after being excommunicated is like now the one that's going to get salvation, even though he put your family through all that shit. It's pretty backwards. A few, a few closing thoughts for me. Would I have gotten married so young if I wasn't in the church? Maybe not. I don't regret it, but I probably would have waited. My thought processes are so screwed up since I left. I almost have a warped sense of reality. My best friend is a married lesbian and they have two children via IVF. I have to battle with this in a quote-unquote Mormon moral sort of way. Is it wrong? Is it right? There's so much more to my Mormon story too. Keep up with the different views on this strange, quote-unquote, religion. Thank you so much, Susie. Um, I I was going to mention when you were saying you were just struggling with, like, those those, almost those, like, intrusive thoughts that come into your head when you said you were struggling with that Mormon morality of your best friend being lesbian. Like, it's so true. I mean, I, I think I've grown so much since i left but there's still the moments when like a thought will enter your head that is rooted in the church and you're like get out of there i know you're wrong i know that this is a you know maybe possibly even like bigoted way to view something but when you've been so brainwashed it's really hard to get rid of it entirely but it's important to notice when those thoughts happen and I think how we react to them is the most important thing in our actions and making sure that we show kindness and love and grow from where we've been. And it really sounds like you've done that and helped your family become so much better and happier and more free. So thank you for sharing this. Uh, Thank you for being vulnerable and opening up about all of these experiences. I always love reading your letters. You guys can uh, reach out and, and write to us anytime. Our email is not so Molly Mormon podcast at gmail.com. Have a great week. Bye.